Hello and welcome back to Queens of the Paddock, an F1 podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Courtney. And we're back again today to talk about the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix that is happening this weekend. So we were going to give you some background on the track and all of that other good stuff. Um, We've got some news. We have some other just like little tidbits to share with you. Yeah, just to kick us off and get us ready for another weekend of racing. I know. I'm excited. It feels like it's been so long again because it was only like a week ago. But still. It's like we got a taste of things. And then it's like, oh, we're just going to give you a teaser and make you really wait again. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like after this race, we're going to be waiting. I feel like. For a lifetime. Yeah. Well, hold on. It's like two three weeks right so there's one there's the australia is april 2nd or something okay and then gotcha. after that that's when we have a really long break until azerbaijan yeah at your, the end of april yeah oh your birthday celebration right so. right right but well you want to lead us off with the news that we've got going on yeah so there's been a lot of different things going on um I feel like a lot of these teams are kind of like in turmoil right now just in general like I do because like we've I mean you know Aston Martin came out and they were doing so well and I think it's really stressing a lot of people out and I think we're seeing the effects of that so like oh yeah Okay, so we had Red Bull and Helmet Marco and the drivers coming out and, like, kind of accusing Aston Martin of, like, stealing design tidbits and stealing... Yes. So there was a guy (laughs) that was working for Red Bull, and he left this past year and and went over to Aston Martin, and now he's obviously working with that team. And so there's, like, Helmet Marco especially and the drivers are calling out all of the similarities between the Red Bull and the Aston Martin car and basically saying that like, you know, while this guy did not take any like intellectual property that you can probably prove, um, all of those thoughts are in his head. Right. So like he went to Aston Martin and he's got those plans. So like, it's not like they went away overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, is there anything really against that? I mean, I that's kind of so. the whole point. Like, I mean, people steal people all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, think about it. You leave Apple or, I don't know, some major company like, um, what's the one, SpaceX or something like right. that. I mean, as long as you're not taking intellectual property. Right. Yeah, that, what can I they mean, really do about it? And so that's my thing. It's like, I don't think any of these teams have like non-competes or you know, like NDAs Mm -hmm. or anything like that, that they are putting out there. Maybe they have NDAs, but I don't know how you would enforce that. Um, But so Helmet Marco basically came out and said... Specific designs or something like that. Like, technically, I just don't see like... Right. I don't think you can directly like copy stuff. Like if you see somebody doing it, like then just go and copy it outright. But Mm -hmm. if you're just taking inspiration... How can they prove it? I don't know. All it would take is doing one little thing different. Mm -hmm. And then is it the same thing? Right. No, not really. Well, and then even after, okay, so they do a press conference after the race 
with the three people from the podium, right? So it was Max, Checo, and Fernando. And the the interviewer said something like, you know, how does it feel to have like two rebels and, and an Aston Martin on the podium or whatever? And Checo was like, oh, like we're all Red Bull drivers. We have three. There was three Red Bull drivers on the podium this weekend. Because it's like. I know you mentioned that in our conspiracy. Yeah. It's like that much of like a joke. It was hilarious. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they're just trying to throw shade because they feel like they're kind of, you know, getting on the back foot. Yeah. Or like they're like they feel threatened. That's what I'm trying to say. They feel threatened. Yeah. Or I just think maybe he's just trying. They're just trying to throw shade because everybody was throwing shade at them last year. Maybe. Maybe now it's their time to, oh, I have something. I can throw shade back. (laughs) Okay. So also within the past two weeks, like since the last race, Mercedes is like having all kinds of issues. Um, Directly after the race, George said in an interview that he felt like Red Bull was going to win every single race this year. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that's it, like, oh my gosh, like you can't have your driver out there like responding to interview questions saying stuff like that. Like our team sucks. Yeah, like that's kind of like embarrassing for the whole team, right? Yeah. Um and then Lewis and Toto have both like publicly been criticizing the car and the choice mm-hmm. to keep going with the zero side pawn design and like that's been I mean, there's a ton of different headlines about that going around, and it seems like it. it they kind of seem like they're in turmoil. I don't know. Yeah. So then, so can they change the zero pod? Yeah. Design it all this year. Or I no? think they can. I think they can like do an upgrade on the car, and then if they wanted to change that, but that's like a massive. Like, I don't know if that would be within budget cap. Yeah, true. Good point. Hmm. So, well, remains to be seen. Unless, you think, I mean, do you really think Toto's just going to give this as a sunk season? I feel like last year they started out the same way mm-hmm. and then they ended up kind of competing there at the end. Yeah. So, maybe he's just, I would hate to say it, but like being a bit of a drama queen right maybe, now. Maybe it. they They're are. used to winning and now They're they've got a car that they've got to like fight to get to the top, you know? Yeah. Well, and I felt like they were, I mean, the vibe was generally like hopeful even after like testing and then after the practice sessions and all of that for this past race, like even George was the one that was saying that like the season's really long and there's time for them to bring upgrades and all of that kind of stuff. And then he turns around and is like, no, Red Bull's going to win everything all year. So maybe yeah. that was just like a moment of like, Frustration yeah. And- yeah, that he was frustrated and all that. But so Mercedes ended up putting, like the team ended up putting out a note to all of their fans on social mm-hmm. media. I don't know if you saw that, but they basically, it was like yeah. this serious post. Like they were like a note to our fans and like, you know, we're, we've been a team and we're going to stick through it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, whatever. Because I think like there was so much negativity coming from the drivers oh, wow. and coming from Toto that they're kind of like, okay, like we need to like reel this back in. Like we don't want people running scared here. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure their investors and sponsors are probably like, what yeah, the heck like is going what's on? going on guys. Yeah. So exactly. Well, that will be interesting. Yeah. I can't wait to see kind of 
do they come out swinging or is it just another disaster or not even disaster, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. See what happens. Hmm. Um, and then okay. also at Ferrari, we had their oh. head like aeronautics guy or aerodynamic guy leave to go to McLaren. Is he leaving next season or? I think it was effective immediately. Like, I think he's there. Like he was like, I'm out. And Peace. yeah, and went over there. And then also um, Laurent Mekis, which is like basically their assistant team principal, like so right under mm-hmm. Fred, he was apparently going to be leaving too. But I don't know on that one, like if that was an effective immediately or at the end of the season or I'm what. Um, I just saw that headline come across and I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I don't know. I feel like Ferrari's kind of like not cleaning house, but like literally like, okay, either you're on board Mm -hmm. and you're moving forward or you're not. And if you're not, get off this train because it's going forward, you know? Oh, 100%. I kind of like it. I think they agree. Yeah. I think they needed to shake it up, like you said, and get some of that old regime out there. And then it really got me to thinking like, at, at a company right so like you might be working somewhere and then you get a new president or a new ceo and like all of these people start to kind of like jump ship and mm-hmm. it's because they're part of the old regime and so like somebody else new comes in they might have different roles different expectations and the people that have been I there used. are like oh i'm not gonna fall in line with that but i don't know i think this is a positive thing i think he's weeding out some of the people that have issues or basically like, you know, calling on them to do better, do more, and they might not be on board with it. So it's better for them to just go. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. It's like, you're either part of this or you're not. If not, that's fine. No hurt feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, go find somebody else. I'll find somebody else that wants to do the job. Right. You know, I think, I think Ferrari and maybe some of the other teams need to, take after Red Bull sometimes of being a little more cutthroat. Like this isn't a game for like the faint of heart. Right. Either produce or you need to get off. You know, like yeah. Eighty (laughs) six. Um I mean it's no different than any other company. Yeah. A lot of companies are like that. It's like I'm not gonna keep someone on my payroll that doesn't do anything. Right. That's not performing, not bringing the results. Absolutely. Yeah. They need to so. be gone and be replaced. <laughs> yeah. I hope it works out, though. I know. So, so well, also, I have on here um, for notes that Charles might be taking an engine penalty this weekend. We don't know for sure yet. Hello, this is Editing Alex. And unfortunately, Ferrari has confirmed today, as of editing this podcast, that Charles will be taking a griddle t- a grid griddle tea, a grid penalty in Saudi Arabia this weekend. So so sad to hear that for him. Um, but we'll hope that he can race back to the start from there. Um yeah. but obviously like so he changed two of his components before the race in Bahrain. And they mm-hmm. only get two components, like whatever those were. I think it was like an engine something and I don't know, whatever, some other piece of the engine that needed to be changed. And obviously the second 
one that they changed it to for the race did not work because he did not finish. So yeah. the question then is like, are those original ones still good enough to be run again? Or if they saw an issue with it before Bahrain so much so that they decided to change it before the first race, like mm-hmm. they're probably going to have to use go into like a third you know, component at this point, which if they do end up doing that, he's going to have a grid penalty in Saudi. Which stings, but he's come back before after having grid penalty. So you never know. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, No official news on that yet, but we'll know that for sure before like practice starts. So if anything comes across, we will share it on our Insta feed. Yeah, and uh, and Twitter. And Twitter. <laughs> um, okay, so other just like social news things that I've observed this week. Lando has taken back to his Twitch streaming pretty heavily. <laughs> I don't even know what Twitch. Okay, is, so Alex. Twitch streaming. <laughs> I don't know one hundred percent what it is either. It's something that the kids do. You know, we're not that young. <laughs> No, not at all. But I don't even have a Twitter, Alex. Well, I didn't either. And that's why Dustin has to run our Twitter. Because <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Anyways. But so he will get on. And he was doing this a lot during like COVID and the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. He would get on Twitch and play like games on there. And then they're just like live streaming him playing games or like driving his sim around and yeah. whatever and then like he just has like funny banter like while he's doing this i don't know if i like this i find it I intriguing i just don't know if i can sit there and watch that <laughs> it's not like tiktok so no it's not and like i'm telling you though the kids are all about this like my niece and nephew will watch people live streaming on youtube or whatever playing different games for like hours and i'm like what do you like what do you get out of this the dumbest thing i've ever yeah played. like <laughs> it does not seem entertaining to me at, uh, yeah. at all. But oh so gosh. just something to note, um, he has definitely taken back up on his Twitch streaming. And I'm wondering if that's a sign of like, is he checked out? Like, is he like, this year is going to suck. So I might as well just go like Twitch stream and not worry about it. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's just trying to prove to the world that he actually is practicing, even though his car is terrible. True. I mean, I guess the practice from the sim is good. I mean, it, it's all good. It's fine. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, And just a couple little tidbits of WAGS news. We talked about Carmen not being well. She was suffering from um, epilepsy and like different seizure things and all of that. So she seems to be doing much better. Um. She's been posting more. She looks well. She was actually spotted in Monaco with George and Susie and Toto, which was cute. Like, they looked like they were, like, on a little family like outing. <laughs> like, they looked like they were going to dinner or something. I don't know. It was. It looked nice. Yeah. So, hope she's doing a lot better. Um, again, she seems to be doing better. So, that's good to see. And then this I just thought was interesting. So, Charlotte, Charles's ex... She is like become ever since they've broken up, she's become like major 
influencer vibes. Like she is like posting sponsored ads, like just sponsored content all day. Well, you know why? Well, yeah, she's she, Charles isn't footing the bill anymore. <laughs> oh no, no, seriously though. What? No, I it's mean, true. How are you going to keep the lifestyle? Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to make money somehow. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think she's probably like, oh my God, no, like I need to accept like every ad deal that's in my inbox right now because they're soon not going to be coming in because she's not dating Charles mm -hmm. anymore. Um, exactly. But this was really interesting, I thought. So she was on this like influencer trip this past week with Esty mm -hmm. um, Bestie's girlfriend, Elena. Oh, gosh. And they were, like, driving Porsches out in, like, a, this frozen field. Like, it was very odd. I don't know if it was a Porsche, like, ad campaign or what. I don't know whose, like, campaign this was. But yeah. they were there, and they were taking pictures together, like, smiling, laughing. And I'm like, is she trying to, like, throw her, like, I don't know, self? Not herself, but, like, is she just trying to be, like, relevant still, I think. I don't know. Or she's trying to steal SD. No, I don't think so. You never know. I don't know. There I is, know. I will say too, there has been some rumblings of if SD and this Elena girl are still together or not because they haven't like been pictured mm -hmm. together in like however many weeks or whatever. I think they still are. I mean, they've been together for like seven or eight years at this point. So I just feel like they don't need to be like together all the time. Like, she's doing her yeah. stuff. He's obviously busy. So, hmm. I think that's just a rumor. We shall see. We shall see. But, okay, well, that's all I have in news tidbits. Um, okay. Do we... Okay, so let's, like, transition over into the circuit and all of that for Saudi. So, yes. let's get going. Super I'm so excited. excited. I can't wait for this weekend. I think it's going to be a really oh, good race. I know. I, like I, I need, I need like Grand Prix time again. I know. So, okay. So we are in round two mm. in Saudi Arabia, specifically in Jeddah. Mm. That is where the track is located, which I guess I believe Jeddah is off of the coast of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So you can kind of see like all the water mm. and whatnot on it. Um, this track or this circuit i should say was opened up in 2021 mm -hmm. yes where they had their first grand prix um so it's only a few years old it is a 50 lap race about 3.7 miles long per lap in total i think they'll go just under 200 miles like 191 miles and it's actually the second longest track behind spa on the calendar oh. and it's yeah and it's uh, a street track mm -hmm. so i'm super excited for I that i love That's a street actually... track oh a lot of fun i love a street and track. it's one of the like fastest mm -hmm. um circuits on the calendar so super fast speeds not a whole there are turns but not like a whole lot of like 90 degree it's just a like really hairpins. smooth fast circuit yeah. from the guy yeah or from what the drivers say um with that what else okay so average speeds are 160 miles an hour that's crazy so i know super fast i'm like really i think this is gonna be an exciting race oh my god totally but, well and then just like yeah. looking at the track layout like i love how it's so like 
tight and narrow like i mean it's like a little like string you know because it just goes down that coastline and comes back up and yeah yeah i'm super excited for this race so with that like um a lot of the drivers have said said how dangerous this track mm-hmm. is because there's a lot of blind corners and mm-hmm. then the speeds that they're going it's just like a whole nother thing yeah. so this year they actually made quite a few changes to the circuit itself um so the biggest change is in turn 22 and 23 they've actually moved the fence um in mm. to slow people down and then they've also added more beveled curves okay so, so you then can tell it, if you're like running off well not only running off but it prevents the drivers from like going wide at such high speeds um, it, like will slow them down because if you go wide yeah you'll either bottom out or like you know like it's just not as fast right you know right. what i mean so that was one of the biggest changes that they've made then on turn 14 and 20, all the fences have been pushed back, mm-hmm. the opposite effect. And it's because there was so many blind corners and the drivers were saying they couldn't see like the next turn and for how fast they're going, they didn't like it. Yeah. So what they did was they kind of opened it up. Mm-hmm. So it will be faster, but it's safer for the drivers because they can actually see a little bit farther down yeah. the circuit. No, that makes you sense. Know? They can kind of judge then- better of like where that turn is coming up. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like the turns first three, like three through seven, I think on Coda, mm-hmm. you know how it's like really opened up, mm-hmm. even though like there's a lot of turns, but you can fully see kind right. of. Right. Yeah. Turn. Like it kind of winds down, but it's still like a big straight kind of almost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then the last big thing is almost every single turn now either has a rumble strip mm-hmm. or a beveled. Um, curve and it it's just again to really not slow slow down the drivers but slow them down enough to where you're not just like full-on metal to the pedal right like flying through there Mm -hmm. exactly so those were like the big changes yeah that they made on the track um compared to last Mm -hmm. year so and they said that every year they're going to continue to evaluate and see like what's the best for the sport and the safety of the drivers and things like that. And it's evolving, right? Cause yeah. it is a street track. Yeah. They just put fences up and take them down. Right. So. No, I think that's like the best thing about a street track. Like I prefer a street circuit over a traditional track just because mm-hmm. it's, I, to me, it's more exciting. Like you're racing on like a regular road and there's like buildings around and all of that. But that is one of the best things is that you can make those changes because it's not like a structure that's fixed. Yep. So exactly. that's definitely cool. Exactly. So, and then weather wise, it's supposed to be high of 88 during the day, sunny. I don't think we're expecting any rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I did look at the winds. So Friday, it's supposed to be about six mile per hour winds. And then Saturday, Sunday, between 12 and 18 miles. So I don't think like everything I was reading online doesn't like point that that's going to be like a huge issue, issue or yeah, anything like that. Um, but if they get a wind gust, you never know, like at those kind of speeds like yeah no seriously i mean so. that 100 and what'd you say 60 miles an hour six 166 like, yeah no 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 oh wait 160 average miles right. per hour that they're driving at yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy that is so insane yeah. 
Um, so yeah, another thing I that I am excited for, which I also prefer this is a nighttime race. Yes. So I just, I think it looks so much cooler, like under the floodlights. Um, the interesting thing will be the tires though, Yeah. because starting at night, I mean, the temperatures, especially in the desert and stuff like it that, drops. I mean, they drop so drastically. So I think trying to keep heat in the tires may be more difficult mm-hmm. as well. Might be an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's a little bit later over there. So I think Bahrain started at like 6 PM local time. And then this one's going to start 8 PM local time. So it's like definitely fully, fully nighttime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the difference was in Bahrain qualifying and all of that was actually in the afternoon right. versus the race was like sunset evening mm-hmm. and in Saudi, everything is fully in the evening i think the only one is um practice i think yeah there's Some of the practice, practice one the and practice three start at 4 30 local time mm-hmm. but that's still like later in the day like it's already at that point cooled down some from like high noon temperatures mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's not going to be as tricky as it was for setups like how they had in bahrain mm-hmm. yeah no yeah for sure and then the last thing i want to talk about or kind of big thing is well two things so there's three drs zones Mm. which i'm super excited for because i want to see the passing (laughs) and then uh the second thing was what i was reading is that you don't want too much downforce on a track like this oh so i'm interested to see like whose car like does better in those kind of situations because i feel like last year like didn't ferrari have a lot of downforce Mm -hmm. on their car if i remember correctly and i don't know if it's the same this year right i'm not sure yeah so no and that was definitely something that i read too like that between bahrain and this jetta track like we're gonna see potentially like a whole different slew of teams performing better than what we saw at Bahrain because the tracks are Mm -hmm. so much different. Yeah. I think you had in our notes that like McLaren should do better on this track. Was that me? I think that's me just wishful thinking. Oh, is that wishful thinking? Because I was about (laughs) to be like, I was like, when I like was going through this, I was like, that's wishful "Hmm." thinking, Alex, um, doing my thing. Yeah. But so. do we want to get into some of our predictions? Yeah, I'm down for that. Okay, cool. So we already kind of talked about, you know, this track, there's not the huge runoff areas that we saw in Bahrain. So I am predicting definitely for sure more crashes, um, mm-hmm. more contact. I don't want to say like full Wait, on. Who do you, who's, who do you think is going to be the first crash? Okay, I think it's going to be one of the rookies because they don't have as much experience on this track. And Nick DeVries has actually never driven this track, period. Like, ever before. Yeah. So, Logan and Oscar have driven it because they, in F2, Mm -hmm. drove the track. I think Oscar only was able to do it one time the first year that the track, like, that they raced there at Jetta. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan's probably done it twice at this point, but then Nick was already out of F2 before this track started. Opened up. Yeah. yeah. And then he hasn't, he hasn't been in F1. So I don't think that he's driven it. And this so is I a really tricky. Oscar. No, you think it's going to be Oscar? 
I do. I don't know. I think there's something. I think he's just going to make the wrong move. And I think he's going to slam into a wall. Like, I just don't know why. I think the highest probability for me of a crash is going to be Nick, just based on the fact that I don't think he's driven this track. Unless if he's gotten out there and, like, driven it on some odd time. Like practice, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I feel like he's a little bit more of a careful driver. That's I feel true. like Oscar, especially after last weekend, I feel like Oscar's got something to prove, and yeah. I feel like he's just going to go out like almost like Yuki, like the Tasmanian Devil, <laughs> and all it takes is like one false move, just raring to go. In- yeah, especially with all of these new beveled curves, mm-hmm. the rumble strips going that fast. I mean, literally, I mean, we've seen it multiple times. Somebody hits one of those curbs just right. Yeah, like, you spin out, you're oh, gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, for I sure. Think it's going to be Oscar. <laughs> um, okay, so outside of that, I think we're going to see Okay, this is my hot take prediction. Oh, both Aston Martins on the podium. Fernando, yes, Fernando and Lance. I think they're both going to be up there. I could totally <laughs> see that because, like, I saw this graphic this past week, and essentially they took the Aston Martin Alonso's Aston Martin up against Max's um, Red Bull, and it showed like the lines and like on the straightaways, like if they had started at the exact same time, like who would be out in front Mm -hmm. and the Aston Martin had like straight line speed and like this being such a fast track. I'm like, "Mm, you never know. No, That's what I'm thinking. And then I'm also, okay. So we already saw Fernando on the podium. I think Mm -hmm. Lance had the potential to have gotten on the podium this past weekend, but don't forget he was just coming off of his like wrist surgery and i mean yeah. it was 12 days out from that and so now it's given him two more weeks another 14 days yeah, yeah to to like you know improve in what he's doing and to feel even better than where he was um during bahrain so i mm-hmm. i don't know i think he's gonna get up there i i could totally see that as much as i would love to see ferrari up there i feel like I don't know. For some reason, I feel like this is not the track for them. Yeah. I don't know why. See, okay. So my my podium is Charles first because Charles is always going to be first on my podium. <laughs> he's first in your heart and he's, first in the He's track. first in my heart. He's going to be first on my podium um, until I feel like I'm <laughs> jinxing him and then I'll, I, I'll make some changes with that. But I think he really needs a win, obviously, after this past weekend with his DNF. And, you know, all the positive vibes for him. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into kind of like a little recap of what happened last year. But he drove this track incredibly amazing this past year. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I feel like he should have won that race. So, I, I think he's yeah. good at this track. I think he enjoys driving this track. So, I'm putting him first on my podium. And then I have... <laughs> <laughs> then I have Fernando second place because I just think that I think they're gonna come they're gonna come up those Aston Martins even further than they were and then I have Lance number yeah. three because I'm I'm thinking it's a two three Aston Martin I'm gonna be wearing my hat hopefully it arrives by then it hasn't come yet oh my gosh <laughs> okay so I'm I'm gonna go max one okay because I just think their car looks really good I'm gonna manifest Charles two okay 
and then I'm gonna go Alonzo Lands three four. Okay, fair. That's what I like. I, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, but the hard part is Checo. Yeah. Because he he like somehow always just somehow sneaks in there. Yeah. Like like you don't realize it, but all of a sudden he's just there and he podium. Right. You know, right. and you're just like, oh, okay. Let's see what happens. So. Okay. So I also had as a, this is my little manifest minute. I mean, I don't want to call it that because that's kind of mean, but I had on here max crashes and or DNFs in some way. His engine just putters out. Uh, yeah, that's my well, wishful yeah. thinking. Um, or he just makes one wrong move on a curb and yeah, slams his wall. Is out. Is out. And hopefully he takes out Checo in the in the process. <laughs> oh God! Can you imagine? <laughs> um, I also think too that we're gonna see like both the Red Bulls, both the Astons, both the Ferraris, and both the Mercedes in the points. Okay. So, like, I think that's going to be the solid, like, top eight will be those mm-hmm. four teams. I think, I think both Williams are going to get points this race, too. Okay. I like that. Because they have been – they they looked really strong in the first race. So, I think they're going to pull it out and maybe, like, 10-9 or 10-8 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I would love to see that, especially for Logan being a rookie and mm-hmm. driving this track that's more mm-hmm. difficult. I think yep. it would be awesome for him to get some points this weekend. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So let's you- talk a little bit about what happened last year during this race. Okay. So last year we had Max finish first. Ch- uh, I'm sorry. Charles second. And then Carlos third. Okay. Um, and then this is what was crazy that only 13 cars finished this race this past year. Wait, we what? had five DNFs and two that did not start. Yeah, I like, and I forgot Who about did that. Not start. Okay, so Mick had a crash in qualifying, and I guess the car mm-hmm. wasn't able to get repaired on time for him to start the race. So he didn't. Oh. He did not start the race. Period. Oh. So, like, starting that starting grid only had nineteen cars on it. Cars. And then Yuki, on his way, like, I guess, formation lap or on his way to the grid, had some kind of engine issue. So he, like, pulled out before the race even started. I don't even remember that. How crazy. Yeah. So I didn't remember that either. I had to go back and watch, like, a little, like, race recap from last year. And I was like, oh, my God, this race was so good. Like, I forgot. (laughs) It was a really good race. Um, I know. And then throughout the race, we had Albon um, crashed. I believe he crashed into Lance, but like they made contact and then Lance was able to finish the race and Alex was not. Um, Mm -hmm. Botas, Alonso, and Ricardo all had engine failure issues. And so they all had to DNF. And then mm-hmm. Latifi crashed because uh, <laughs> what else would he have done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're still out here talking about him. Um, but yeah, oh, so that left only 13 cars finishing this race this past year. So that's what made me make my prediction that, that we're definitely going to see more DNFs during this race. Mm-hmm. And um, 
more safety like safety cars more yeah. red flags flag. things like that yeah i think mm-hmm. too um a lot of the engine issues that they have like at this track is because it's so hot so like we're seeing or we had seen a lot of cars overheat on this mm-hmm. track so that's something to look out for yeah. as well and hopefully we shouldn't see a lot of lapping also because no. the track is so long yeah. so even if you are like you know if max is running away with it i don't think we'll have a lot of the issues of him trying to navigate traffic yeah. and stuff like that or any of the drivers so you mean that's charles because kind of charles is gonna be in first <laughs> <laughs> okay so you and your manifesting yeah just always um so checo last year got pole at this race mm-hmm. and then ferrari did in probably one of their best pit stops ever they bluffed Mm -hmm. a pit stop so they called charles on the radio and said hey like go into a pit stop we're gonna do an early pit stop so that we can overtake checo which then forced checo to go into the pits and charles kept on driving because checo was in front of him right and so then they called up charles on the radio and were like okay box now to overtake and of uh-huh. course, like all of that radio transmission goes to all of the different teams. All the teams. But do you think, do you think that was planned, or do you think that Charles just totally ignored? Them? No, I think I think they were actually that was like the only bit of strategy that worked for them. So you think that was part of like Plan G? Yeah, or maybe that was Plan A, and it just worked. Well, okay, so then here's what also happened. But there's got to be a way for them to communicate that to him, right? So I wonder when everyone's rolling their eyes when they're saying, oh, Plan G, Plan G, Yeah. then like that's like sneaky ways of yeah no because he just knowing he, how to do that like he kept on driving past well so they made that call checo pitted and then they told him i think the plan was probably like if checo pits then you yeah. go pit and then you keep going right if checo doesn't pit then you pit right yeah so anyway so checo ends up pitting mm-hmm. charles takes the lead because he's in the pits and then that same lap is when Latifi crashed into the wall and caused oh a gosh, safety so car. A, yeah, it caused a safety car. And then that gives uh, Charles a free, like, Pit stop. tire change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. that was a great bit of strategy. Probably the only Ferrari bit of strategy. Do you think Ferrari and Williams was in cahoots? No, no. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> If it was like if you if it was like a Haas crashing or something, or an Alfa Romeo, or an Alfa Romeo crashing because they share the engines, I would maybe raise a couple eyebrows. <laughs> okay, so then after that, like towards the end of the race, there was really really great like battling between Max and Charles, um, and then like they, I mean. Charles would get in front of Max. Max would get back in char- in front of Charles. Like it was just back and forth for the last mm-hmm. few laps. And finally, last lap, Max was ahead and he beat Charles by like half a second. Like it was very close. It wasn't like yeah. usually when we see Max winning and he's like thirty seconds ahead like, of somebody. It's a Sunday stroll vibes. Yeah, yeah. He was making him work for yeah. it. And Charles actually got driver of the day on that race. 
Oh, so. which is an extra point, right? No, I don't think you get points for that. They should. They, they should. They, uh, he might have gotten, he did, I think, get fastest lap too. So you get an extra point for that. But mm-hmm. um, driver of the day is just like a fan vote thing. And they should give points out for that. I think they should. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. So I was going to say one of the other big things about this race or this Grand Prix is there's a lot of controversy around it and having it in Saudi Mm -hmm. and all of that. And one of the biggest reasons is because of the human rights issues that they have. It's kind of like Qatar um, or Qatar whenever they had the World Cup Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I think it's definitely, you know, interesting. Oh, yeah. With all of that side of things. Oh, yeah, I know. There's a ton of that. um, Just terrorism. Like you said, the poor human rights. um, Their use of capital punishment is extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's... I, I really think at the end of the day, we're racing in Saudi Arabia because of money. Money, money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I hope one day, I hope that like, my hope is that we do like groups, companies, whatever, do all of this stuff in Saudi and like eventually the rules change, mm-hmm. you know, and things change and evolve for the know. better. That's my hope. Yeah. One day. Absolutely. You know? Um, so a little fun fact too, that oil was discovered in Saudi Arabia in 1938 and they are yeah. the second largest oil producer in the world behind the United States. But they are the largest exporter of oil in the world. So mm-hmm. that's where it's all the Saudi Arabian oil. They pretty much control like the supply and demand mm-hmm. of the world. Yep. And the price of oil. Absolutely. That's right. Oh, yeah. I hear all about that all the time. And it's another so. kingdom, too. We have another king, King Salman. Ooh. What's his name? Salman. 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 And I'm wondering if King Salman will be at this race. I feel like he will. Maybe. I feel like the king will be there. Um, He also, his son is like the crown prince too. And he's also the prime minister. So interesting stuff. We're super excited for this race. We can't wait. Yes. Um, but that is all we have. We talked about weather. We talked about our predictions, some news, all about the track. Changing of the track. Yeah. So lots of good information. Um, we're really excited and thank you for listening. So this has been Queens of the Paddock and F1 podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Courtney. Lights out and away we go. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.